All right, well, today um, we're going to be looking at some of the things that we looked at in the, in the Bible school week. And in Vacation Bible School, as Dwayne mentioned, we were looking at the life of Peter. And Peter had a very twist and turns kind of life. And his kind of life is very, can be similar to ours. Now, I don't know uh, when's the last time you might have uh, thought about walking on water. I don't know when the last time you were thrown in jail for your faith. I don't know when the last time you denied Jesus. Um, those things were involved in Peter's life. Uh, also, catching hundreds of fish miraculously twice. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I don't know how God is. I don't, know, I don't know what's happening in your life, but I do know that in, the, in our life, whether we believe in Jesus Christ uh, or not, we have twists and turns. And, and when we have, especially when we believe in Jesus Christ, and we put our faith in Jesus Christ alone, everything goes away and we have perfect, a perfect life. Wait, no. No, it doesn't. <laughs> we don't have a perfect life. We have a lot of twists and turns. Now, the perfect life is going to happen, but it's not going to happen here right now until Jesus returns or until we're with Jesus in his presence uh, someday when we die, which could be any day. But that is going to be a perfect life because we're going to be with Jesus and there's going to be no more problems, no more pain, no more sadness, no more sorrow, no more tears. No one's going to be dying. So we're going to have life, a perfect life with Jesus for those that have committed their life to Jesus and trust Him and put, abide in Him, seek Him, um, and so that's, that's when we get the perfect life. But right now, uh, no one has the perfect life. And if you think right now your life is perfect, actually probably nobody really thinks their life is perfect. But we, we know there's a lot of blessings in our life, so we can be thankful and grateful for those blessings, and we, uh, we can be excited for those things. But there's, there are twists and turns in life. And just like in Peter's life, there's a, there was a lot of twists and turns. When he came to faith in Jesus Christ, his life, for the next three years, his life, he learned and he soaked up the Word. He, or he soaked up Jesus, who is the Word. He, he soaked up, he learned. But he didn't always get it right. So we're going to see today some of those examples of, of Peter's up and down, twists and turns kind of life, where the motto this week was, following Jesus changes everything, or changes the game. There was a little bit of confusion sometimes, whether some of the slides said the game, some said everything, but either way, uh, I think it was because it's a twist and turns kind of game uh, scenario. It, changing, we're, we're changed because of the way we follow Jesus. And if our life isn't changed when we start following Jesus, um, you might wonder what's really happening because uh, when we follow Jesus, it's not all rose-colored glasses, or it's not all daisies and sunshine, I don't forget how you say it, but it's not, it's not always perfect. It's going to be perfect later. And so following Jesus changes the game. So if we can uh, turn to, to Luke chapter 5, and we're just going to see a, some examples here um, of Jesus changing people's lives, specifically Peter, and then his ups and downs, his twists and turns. And in, in uh, Luke chapter 5, um, the first 11 verses... Uh, talks about how, how Jesus was there 
with there's some fishermen. And, they were, and Jesus was preaching, and these fishermen were there. And in verse 4 of, John, of Luke chapter 5, it says this, And when he had finished speaking, Jesus said to Simon, this is Simon Peter, he said, Put out into the deep water and let down your net for a catch. Now, the, the background of this is that Peter and his fellow, or his fellow fishermen buddies had been fishing. And they didn't just catch a few fish, they caught no fish. They were very disappointed, especially Peter. And so, in verse 5, Simon Peter answers Jesus. He says, Master, we've worked hard all night, but we haven't caught anything. And I love this right here. First of all, he says, Master. He calls him Lord. He, he gives him that respect. But he says, in verse 5, he says, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Because you say so. Let's say that together. Because you said so. Because you say so. That is, that is the model that every Christian should have when we follow the Master, our Lord Jesus Christ. Because you say so, I'm going to do what you asked. It doesn't seem always like it's going to be the best thing. Like Peter was like, hey, I, I just fished and, I, and I'm a pretty good fisherman usually and I didn't have any success. But because you say so, I will do it. Because you say so, I will obey. And that right there is what we need to remember. When Jesus, the Master, says something to us through His Word or through His Spirit, maybe directly to you somehow, when Jesus says something to you, to me, our answer should be, because you say so, I will do it. Because you want me to do this, I'm going to do it. Even if it's hard, even if I look foolish, even if I'm maybe going to be embarrassed or not sure what's going to happen, I'm going to trust in you. And so he says, because you say so. And he, he does it. And when he had done so, right away they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And so he signaled to the other partners in the boat to come help them. And they came and they filled their boat so full that they began to sink. I mean, imagine this. These two boats were sinking from the weight of the amount of fish they caught. And really, did they really catch the fish? Or was, I mean, yes, they were in the net, but it was because Jesus directed the fish there. And there was this miracle. And so, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees. And he said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And I wonder, is, is this our response when we first encounter a holy God? Jesus is holy. Jesus is holy. And holy means set apart. It means separate. It means that there, there is no one like God. In fact, I have a definition here uh, on the screen. It says that holiness describes God's character as being perfectly good pure, and separate from what He created. So God, God's character is, is described as holy. And God is a perfect God. He is a pure God. He is good. Like we talked about it last week. He is good. He is life-giving. And He is separate from what He created. 
He created us to be good. He, he made us in His image. And Jesus is different than us. He calls us to be holy, for He is holy. But without our, the Holy Spirit, we, we have no chance. But Jesus is holy. And Peter sees this in verse, verse 7 here. And, or sorry, in verse 8. And he, he said... Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Lord, you can have nothing to do with me because you're holy and I'm not. But thankfully, thankfully, even though we're, we aren't holy, our God comes to us. Our God meets us where we are. And this is what He did with Peter. He met Peter where he was. Even though Peter said, I'm not holy and you are and I can't be around you because you're holy... Jesus said, Jesus said, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch fish. You, instead of people, instead of fish, sorry, you will catch people. And so Peter is no longer going to be out with his nets catching fish. He's going to be out with his nets trying to catch people. Well, that sounds strange. Wait, no, he's not, probably not with his nets. But he's catching people, and really, not really catching, but he's directing people to Jesus. He's bringing people to Jesus, and I think that's a great example for us. And when we have a holy God, and he's called us to be holy, our job isn't to make everybody holy and make everybody perfect. Our job is to let people know about Jesus and bring them to Jesus. Even in our sin, even in their sin, we come to Jesus. So today we, we see that our first idea that we talked about on the first day of EBS was that, that Jesus is holy and that changes everything. And we looked at this verse in Acts chapter 2, and I think that's on the screen also, um, and it says, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So Peter called on the name of the Lord and he was saved. Interestingly enough, this Acts 2, this is Peter saying this. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter knows that he will be saved. He's with Jesus for all eternity because he trusted Jesus Christ alone. Because Jesus is holy. So let me ask you, when we experience Jesus, does does your life change? The first time you encountered Jesus, did your life change? I think maybe if it wasn't obvious, you, we saw, you might have seen it over time. But our lives start changing. We stop doing some of the, the things that caused us to, to keep, uh, that brought sin into our life, that, that was wrong. We, we started seeking the Lord. We started doing things and we started seeing fruit because of Jesus and His Holy Spirit in us. You know, when we, when we see that Jesus is holy, do we respond like Peter and say, go away? Or do we say, Jesus, show me more of yourself. Abide. Help me to abide in you. Help me to trust you. Forgive me of my sin. How do we respond to a holy God? So we saw that Jesus is holy. And then we also saw in VBS this week that, that Jesus is trustworthy. He's trustworthy even when I doubt. And so we, we saw in... In Matthew 14, and we can flip to there too, Matthew 14, how Jesus was 
after he had fed the 5,000, he, he went off alone to pray. And he went, and he sent the disciples ahead, and he, they went ahead by boat. And so they went ahead, they were crossing the, the Sea of Galilee. And so um, there, there it, is, it is at night, and there came up a storm. And the storm was, was scary for them. But then they saw something very strange, something that I'm sure none of us have ever seen. They saw this picture, they saw this, this figure coming towards them, not swimming, but walking. And it wasn't land around them, they were, they were in the middle of the sea. And they saw Jesus walking on the water. Have you ever seen Jesus walking on the water? I haven't, but I don't know. Jesus can walk on water. Jesus can do anything. We, have, we know that Jesus is mighty. And so Jesus is walking on the water, and it says in a verse, so this is a Matthew 14, and we're in verse um, 27. So they, th- they were wondering, the disciples were like, if this is really somebody coming across the lake, it can't be a person that's alive. It can't be a person that's, that's, well, it can't be a person. They think it's a ghost. And so they were terrified. But Jesus immediately, in verse 27, it says here, he immediately says to them, take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Jesus is saying, you don't have to worry. I'm not a ghost. Don't be afraid. And Peter right away says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you out on the water. All right, Jesus, I'm going to put you, I'm, I'm going to see if it's really you. Because if you're a ghost, you're not going to tell me to come out here. But Jesus said, Come. One word, come. And Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water and came towards Jesus. I think that sentence, we need to kind of think about that a little bit. That, that sentence right there, he got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. That is, I know maybe if you've grown up in church, heard this in Sunday school, heard this preached a lot, kind of just gets kind of normal. Like, yeah, Peter just, you know, he got out of the boat, he walked on the water. Okay. Yeah, keep reading. What else? No, no, he, Peter, a normal person, started to walk across on the water. This wasn't Jesus, this was Peter. Yes, Jesus was there also walking on the water. But Peter, this normal person, was walking on the water. And I think just let that sink in. Jesus can let us do anything. There's nothing that can stop Jesus and his power. Jesus is trustworthy. Even when, even when Peter started to doubt, which we're going to see here, we can know that Jesus is trustworthy. And it says here in verse, in verse 30, Peter saw the wind and he was afraid. And when he took his eyes off of Jesus, it says here in verse 30, he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me! He took his eyes off Jesus. And when he took his focus off Jesus, then the miraculous stopped. There was a miracle that was happening that Peter was walking in the water, but I don't think Peter was just like, oh, Jesus is over there and I'm just going to kind of go do my own thing. No, he was walking towards Jesus. He was walking confidently because Jesus was there. 
But then he's like, oh, wait, well, what's going on here? There's, I could die here. There's, there's big, big waves. There's wind. And he starts thinking about the other things, and he takes his eyes off Jesus. And when he took his eyes off Jesus, right away he started to sink. And right away he's like, save me, save me. And how often is this us? How often are we going to Jesus, looking to Jesus? Maybe we aren't doing the miraculous. Maybe we're not walking on the water. Actually, I know we're not walking on the water, but we might be doing other things. We're, we're doing what Jesus is asking us to do. But we take our eyes off Jesus because there's circumstances around us that are, that's, that are scary. And, and we, we start wondering, well, what if, what if this happens? What if this happens? Oh, no. We can worry ourselves to death. But we have Jesus, the author of life. And Jesus wants us to look to him. Jesus wants us to keep our eyes on him, it says in Hebrews. Fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. And here, Peter, when he, when he took his eyes off Jesus, he started to sink. And, and so in this, this idea here, is that when Peter looks to Jesus, he knows that Jesus is trustworthy, but he takes his eyes off him. And that's the same for us. In fact, in this, uh, there's a verse in Isaiah 41 that can help us kind of when we're afraid. In Isaiah 41, verse 10, it says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So the Lord wants us to not be afraid. He wants us to put our trust in Him. He wants us to be courageous for Him. So in the chaos of the storms, when things are hard in our life, are we focused on the Lord? Are we more worried about the hardships or the distractions, the emails, the phone calls, all the, the things that we have to do that sometimes bog us down and make us worried? Or do we keep our eyes on Jesus even during the chaos? Because Jesus is trustworthy. And Jesus is in control. And He's with us. He wants to be with us. So we've seen that Jesus is holy and we've seen that Jesus is trustworthy. And then Peter, he experienced this when, when Jesus was arrested. When Jesus was arrested, Jesus, Peter was near the action of what was happening with Jesus in this, this trial. And it was at night. But Peter was there kind of keeping his distance and he was not sure about all the, uh, who was with him and all that. And people started asking, hey, aren't you one of his followers? Hey, you're, you're a Galilean. You must, be, you must be one of his followers. And Peter three times said no. And even though he knew ahead of time that he was going to do this, the rooster crowed and he remembered what Jesus had said. And so if we can turn to, to John 21 here. In John 21 is the last chapter of the Gospels. And, and in John 21... Jesus has this miraculous, same, same uh, story, really, where Peter and his companions, the, fisher guy, the fishermen, are trying to fish. They don't catch anything, and Jesus is not 
And Jesus doesn't come walking on water to them, but he does from the shore yell out, uh, ask the question, hey friends, have you had any fish? This is John 21, verse 5. And they answered, no. And so he told them, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul in the nets because of the large number of fish. And so here, this, this sounds like the same story. And sometimes we need the same story in our life. Sometimes Jesus reminds us of why we started following him. Sometimes Jesus needs to get our attention and say, hey, remember when you first were sold out for me? When you were first all in for me? Do you remember? That's what I want. I want you to follow me like that. I want you to follow me like, like that you remember that I'm holy and that I am trustworthy. And here we see that, that Peter, after they have a breakfast, and, and then and Jesus asks Peter these questions. He asks them three different times in three different ways. Do you love me? And here we see that Jesus is restoring Peter. Peter, this was, this was the third time that, they, that the disciples had seen Jesus. So it wasn't the first time. It wasn't like, hey, wow, Jesus is here. This was, the first, this was the third time. And I guess they hadn't had the conversation yet. But sometimes it's kind of awkward to have the conversation. It's hard to have the conversation. When we've done something that makes someone else mad, or we've been in sin... But Jesus here shows grace to, to Peter. And he brings him in. And he asks him, do you love me? And each time Peter said yes. And so Jesus said, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. And then he ends this by saying that, Peter, you're going to die a great death for my glory, for my name. You're going to do hard things because of me. And that gave... Peter a whole bunch of confidence. And he says right at the end, he says, follow me. Follow me. Isn't that what Jesus wants us to all do? Because following Jesus isn't the easiest thing to do. It's maybe the easiest thing to think about doing, but to actually do it, we have to keep being reminded. And that's why I think every day we remind ourselves, Jesus Whatever you want is what I want to do. Jesus, you are in charge. Jesus, in my life, be glorified, we, we just sang. And so Jesus is forgiving. It says in Colossians 1, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and he has brought us into the kingdom of the, the Son he loves, that's Jesus, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So when we have done something wrong, are we, do we accept, do we bring our, do we ask, I'm sorry, do we ask forgiveness? Do we, do we bring it to Jesus? Because every time we bring it to Jesus, he says no. Wait, what? Every time we bring our request to Jesus, he says, no, I don't forgive you, right? No, of course not. Every time he says yes. Every time we ask Jesus, will you forgive me? Every single time Jesus says, yes, 
I forgive you. Yes, I want to be in relationship with you. I want to be right with you. And that's why as followers of Jesus, if you've chosen to follow Jesus, that's why anytime someone says to you, will you forgive me? The answer is always no. Wait, no. The answer is always yes. We always forgive. We are to be known as Christians by the way that we love and forgive each other. And so let's, let's extend forgiveness. Let's ask Jesus for, for forgiveness. Let's ask each other for forgiveness. But let's also be gracious and extend that forgiveness. Then, in, then we turn to Acts uh, 3 and 4, and we don't have to go there, but in Acts 3 and 4, there's this, this story with Peter, after Jesus has ascended to the Father, Peter is with John, and they're going into the temple, and as they're about to go into the temple, they saw a beggar, and this man, he, he was asking them for money, and so Peter and John said, we don't have money, but what we, give, what we have will give you, and they said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, and so this man started walking. Now, this wasn't Jesus performing this miracle. It was, his, it was through the power of Jesus and his spirit. But Peter and John, through the power of the Holy Spirit, this man was, was starting to walk. And in fact, if I hadn't walked my whole life and then all of a sudden I'm walking, I don't think I'm just going to be like, okay, cool. Right, thanks, guys. I think I'm going to be doing what it says in, the, in here in Acts 3. This guy was jumping. He was excited. And so when the people heard, Whoa, wait, wait, what's going on here? They said, this guy, he's usually begging. We know that. So what's going on? So Peter takes the opportunity to, to tell people about Jesus. Now before, when there was the opportunity, hey, do you know Jesus? Peter said, no, 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 no. I don't know that guy. Now, with the power of the Holy Spirit, Peter he steps up to the plate and he tells people about Jesus and about his power and about his love. And then, and then the, the, the Sanhedrin and the church leaders, they say, hey, what's going on here? And Peter still is bold. He's telling the people, he's telling the religious leaders, hey, not in a disrespectful way, but he was telling them that Jesus is worth following. The, the Jesus that was crucified in fact, he said, the Jesus that you crucified, that's kind of awkward. But he said that he is alive. And these guys were so upset that, they were, that Jesus was being proclaimed as alive that they threw Peter and John in jail. And even though, even though they were told to not, talk about Peter, not, to not talk about Jesus, not to tell people about Jesus being alive, they had decided that Jesus was worth following. They had decided... It doesn't matter what people say. It matters what Jesus says. And so, for us, when we are in a situation where people ask us, or people wondering about what we believe, where people are saying, hey, do you really believe that guy? Do you really believe all that stuff in the Bible? That's just a whole bunch of made-up stuff, right? Are, are we going to say, oh, yeah, well, you know, I, yeah, I, well, I heard you go to church. Well, well, you know, sometimes. Uh, no, are we going to be bold? Are we going to tell people about Jesus? When people ask, that's when we can tell. Because when our lives show Jesus, people are going to start asking, why are you so different? 
And Jesus is worth following. And, and this idea of worth in the Bible is this, is this, this weight. So do, is it we decide, is something valuable enough by the weight? Like a, think of a scale. Um, and so they, is, is it worth following Jesus or is it not? And so if Jesus is our value, and it doesn't matter what the world says, it doesn't matter what other people say, it doesn't matter what happens, if our value is Jesus, then we're going to say he is worth following even when it gets tough. And we're going to see it here in, I have on the screen on Acts 4. Uh, this is what Peter said. He said, salvation is found and no one else. For there is in no other name in our heaven which, given which to mankind which must, we must be saved. Peter is telling these religious leaders that in Jesus Christ alone is salvation. Nobody else provides salvation. So we've seen that Jesus is holy, he's trustworthy, he's forgiving, he's worth following. When it's hard, are we going to push back? Are we going to cower? Or are we going to stand up for Jesus? Not in an abusive or aggressive way, but in a just in a clear way, hey, this is who I stand for. This is, who I, this is who I follow. I trust in Jesus. Then Peter, go in Acts 10, it, it talks about the story of Peter and this, uh, this uh, Roman centurion named um, Cornelius. And in Acts 10, we see that Cornelius is this man that is not a, not a Jew, but he is a devout believer, praying to God, and he knows about God. And, and an angel appears to Cornelius, this Roman centurion. And he tells him to go find Peter. And Peter, at the same time, or about the same time, is having this vision about how what is clean and unclean. And, and how the sum of it is that Jesus is for everyone. Salvation is for everyone. It's not just for the, the Jews. It is also for the rest of the world. And this was a, the hard thing for some of the Jews to really take in because they thought, we are the chosen people. We are special. But Jesus doesn't want us to just hold on to... Don't, doesn't want us just to keep Him to ourselves. Jesus wants us to tell people about Him. Not just people at church. People everywhere. And so Peter goes and he talks to this man Cornelius and he realizes that Jesus that salvation is for everyone. And this is a great opportunity to remind us that we have this Father's Day picnic next week. And a Father's Day picnic is a great way to invite someone that maybe doesn't usually come to church or hasn't come very often, but we can invite them. Hey, come, out, come to a picnic. Our, our great bluegrass band is playing. We're going to be enjoying worshiping outside there's going to be even be some baptisms we're we're excited about next week and if that doesn't get them you can say there's burgers <laughs> there's burgers and there's games and there's all kinds of things we're doing but we need to let people know that jesus is for them that jesus loves them that jesus died for them in a way that we can tell people about jesus uh, actually in acts 10 43 it says this first it says that Peter said that all the prophets testify about Jesus, 
that everyone about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through through his name so he's saying people throughout the bible throughout the whole testament we're talking pointing to jesus and now we can find forgiveness and life in him and so uh, a way that we are telling the kids about how you can tell people about Jesus was God's plan of salvation. And, and you can remember it in these five steps. God's power. It says in Romans that I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. So we believe that God has power, that He is a holy God. And he, he, um, but we have this problem. We have this problem called sin. And, and we can tell people about this because in Romans 3.23 it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And because of our imperfection, we cannot stand before a holy God. And our punishment, it says in Romans 6.23, is that for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So because of Jesus, we can be saved. But without Jesus, our punishment is death eternal death because that sin separates us from God and, separ- and senses us to death for eternity but God provides God's provision was Jesus because of his own love for us even while we were still sinners it says in Romans 5 8 that Christ died for us and even though we deserve death Jesus went to the cross in our place and he became the sacrifice so that we, if we put our trust in Him, will have life in Him for all eternity. And the last one there is our response, or it could be also God's promise. And it says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. To confess Jesus is Lord means that we agree with God about our sin and that we need salvation. It's admitting it. And then we must repent and trust only in the work of Jesus to save us. So we believe and we confess and we trust, we accept, and then we have life in Him. And it's not because of what we did, it's because of what Jesus Christ did. And that's, our, that's the invitation. That's the invitation, and that, that's an easy way that maybe we can share it with others. God's power, God's, but our problem, our punishment, God's provision, and then our response to God's provision of Jesus Christ. So this week, as we, as we went through this memory verse, each day we talked about, make your ways known to me, Lord. Teach me your path. We, this, is, this was something that I hope that we all memorize, or we, at least we all have this heart each day that we say, whatever you want, God. Whatever you want, is what I want to do. So make your way known to me. Teach me your path. Show me the right way. And help me to trust in you and abide in you. Well, let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you give us. You've given us yourself. That even in the ups and downs, the twists and turns of this Christian life, we thank you that we can trust you. We thank you that we, can, that we are following you. And we, we pray, Lord, that we would remember 
that even when we're afraid, even when we doubt, even when we're worried, that we keep our eyes on you, Jesus. Thank you that you are holy and that you are forgiving. Thank you that you don't give up on us. Lord, we thank you that you are the God who is not just for me, but is for all people that trust you. And so, Lord, we pray that we would be bringing this message to those around us, that we would be bold for you, that people would see the good works and they would glorify you. Lord, that we would not do things for our glory, but we would do it for you alone. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.